0: All right, here we go with another podcast episode where I have the uh, fortunate opportunity to talk with a, an accessibility practitioner. And today I am meeting with Jeremy Katherman. Hello, Jeremy. How are you today?
1: Hello, Joe. Uh, great. Uh, it's good to, good to talk with you.
0: Well, uh, I'm in my Vashon Island home office, which is near Blink's headquarters office in Seattle. Where are you located?
1: I'm in San Antonio, Texas,
0: in well, my office. I, oh, all right. A home office there?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, it's good to uh, have you, to chat with you about your uh, journey uh, in accessibility. Uh, good place to start, is always, what you're involved with right now.
1: Uh, what I'm involved with right now? Boy, um, so I uh, work for a company called USAA, and I'm their lead accessibility advisor. And I'm uh, continuing to build up the, um, the accessibility uh, office there. And we've got, a, we've got a good team, we're continuing to, to grow. And um, I work to help uh, our members with disabilities be able to access the USA's goods and, goods and services.
0: Well, uh, it's, it's a big organization. I'm sure uh, that's a really big job. And and I definitely want to uh you know talk about it in a little bit more uh, detail, but uh why don't we start by just kind of going back in time and uh you know maybe if you can pick out you know some of the early areas or earlier times in your career where you uh life or career that you started to uh think about accessibility.
1: Sure. So uh Way back when I um, had a kind of tech support job at the university, and uh, I uh, um, one of the tech support um, uh, jobs was to take care of the uh, the disabilities lab. So I got a lot of practice uh, with screen reader software like JAWS and and uh, and it was kind of a uh opportunity for me to to make a niche um and uh i just yeah i've always wanted to to help people and um and it was a it was a good opportunity from there i continued to develop my career and i wanted to be a web programmer um actually joined usaa as a network engineer and then uh, moved over to web programming, where accessibility came back, and I had an opportunity to work on with some some great folks uh, on some accessibility, uh, digital accessibility work, and um, just kind of felt like I had found uh, something that really um, motivated me and uh, something that I enjoyed doing, and so I've I've been sticking with it and. And enjoying uh, the opportunities to to help um, uh, make the world a better place through accessibility.
0: Well, uh, yeah, let's just uh, kind of stop at the point where you mentioned uh, your uh, work at the uh, university level. Uh, where where was that at? What school?
1: That was at Brigham Young University um, in Provo, Utah. They had a, uh, I'm not sure I remember what it was called anymore, Center for Disabilities. Or, um, uh, but I worked with uh, the folks there, um, got to know some, some great folks, uh, just helping them to do research and get their um, software uh, fixed, because that was my job at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, I met... Uh, a few years later in back in San Antonio I met uh, um, another person that I had helped there and it was great to connect again and uh,
0: um, and so uh, through it at, at the university that I mean, that's a uh, an area where quite a lot of uh, accessibility practitioners get their start and uh, in 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 supporting uh, uh, a university uh, uh, department like that, uh, so I imagine you had uh, you had some decent resources and and uh, mentors and guidance to start uh, informing you about what accessibility was all about.
1: Um, my uh, at the university,
0: uh, it was mostly about the
1: tech support, and you know I I learned kind of uh, as I, as I could and the, the leader there of the um, the uh, Center for Disabilities um, was able to, to help me a little bit, but most of my passion around accessibility came when I started working from uh, at USAA. I had a great um, mentor in Rob O'Connell who helped me to kind of hone my my craft a little bit and get my get my feet under me and um, together we've uh, built a team at USA.
0: Well, uh, you've been doing that uh, for quite quite a while now. Uh, I imagine that's been a, a big effort. Um, you know how have things uh, evolved at USAA over the time that uh, you've been involved with accessibility there.
1: Oh, it's. Uh, changed a lot so initially it was very much uh, design focused and they were just uh, Rob was doing it by himself for a long time and um, I I joined him and slowly we continued to to grow the team Um, of course uh, organizational changes and leadership changes and um, uh, we moved around quite a bit um, within the organization as you do in big organizations. But um, um, it, over time, you know, we continued to, to grow and mature. And from each organizational change, learn a little bit, bring in some of the strengths from that organization. Um, we worked in uh, the document space for quite a while and that was great to establish some relationships there with the folks um, working on making digital documents um, accessible and uh, we developed new tools um, to help uh, understand what our members' uh, preferences are as far as communications and um, built out our, our our team with uh, experts from different areas of accessibility, including uh, facilities and and uh, a lot of digital accessibility, of course, and uh, documents and um, yeah, ups and downs, but it's been it's been a great ride.
0: Well, uh, um, how is it? Uh, how is it organizationally set up now? Is accessibility sort of a a, a Uh, a a top level uh, that supports all parts of the organization, or do individual departments or divisions take responsibility for accessibility for whatever product they're working on?
1: Good question. So we kind of had a hybrid model for quite a while where accessibility testing was centralized and the different areas of the business would request uh, accessibility testing to be done. Um, But ultimately, they were responsible for their own accessibility. Since then, we've kind of evolved and the uh, responsibility for even doing the testing has been moved out to the um, areas of the business and that's required a lot of training and it's been kind of a bumpy ride, but um, its I think it's the right model, just uh, at least for for us, because uh, we just couldn't scale to the degree to be able to um, adequately serve our members and provide um, the accessibility testing that we, we needed.
0: You mentioned uh, your team a, a couple of times. Uh, Um, How is your team uh, configured? What types of roles uh, Mm -hmm. do you have within your accessibility organization?
1: Um, We have uh, some folks that came from accessibility testing, uh, some folks that came from accessibility design, accessible design, and uh, some folks that came more from a digital standpoint. uh, we've got uh, folks that are responsible for managing the accessibility of our third-party relationships and uh, procurement um, and um, and then uh, we've got our, our leader uh, Mary Gates is um, uh, certified in ergonomics and um we've got a lot of a lot of really great skill and expertise on the team in the diverse areas that we all kind of bring together to to lead and guide and train and and uh push the enterprise in the direction that we want to go
0: and uh you mentioned uh i believe you mentioned that you it's uh digital services and also facilities uh Mm -hmm. Uh, that you have to address. Um, uh, that's definitely there. There are definitely a lot of different things between those two different parts of accessibility. Uh, you know how is how is that balanced? And uh, and what types of things do you do on the facility side?
1: That's a good question. So, with uh, the COVID pandemic, um, our uh, facilities have been uh, largely closed, and so our uh, which has allowed us to be able to focus on some of our um, digital uh, maturity and policies and standards. But uh, um, we had a member of our team who's a master architect and familiar with uh, the laws. And then we also um, worked with... um, uh, Various uh, third parties to be able to do assessments and kind of understand what our our state was and work on policies and procedures to ensure that the facilities are um, being maintained in an accessible way and and adhere to um, applicable laws and that we uh, that we that we manage that appropriately so that things don't get out of control.
0: On the digital accessibility side um do you uh do you work with designers to uh to educate them on how to bring accessibility into their role if they're not familiar with it, or is it more of uh consulting where your team gets actively involved with the design of new products
1: um it's a little bit of both so of course we we work uh very hard to um, to bring folks uh, to in to train folks in um, accessibility awareness for disabilities and uh, um, design we've got some um, some really great trainings uh, on designing Uh, accessible products that help um, to expand uh, thinking outside the box. um, As far as accessibility, one of the major um, values at USAA is innovation, and we've done innovation challenges centered around accessibility. and then continue to uh, reinforce that through trainings and and awareness uh, campaigns and, and such um, with designers and developers and, and whomever but then corollary to your question of course is you know the other part of that which is the consulting part and it's not all about just uh, you know, helping people become committed and care about accessibility it's also getting down and solving difficult problems um, and uh, so you know that may mean that we spend time working directly with the development team or with the design team to uh, to solve difficult problems to be able to um, serve our members with disabilities mm-hmm.
0: I, I imagine with uh, you know, probably so many projects going on there that you have solutions, uh, in some cases, that can be applied across uh, different projects and other things that are, are, are unique. Um, is there, a, uh, is there a, a knowledge base? Or how do, how do you, you know, tr- track what you've done and what's available uh, moving forward to help in uh, new development efforts?
1: Uh, I'm not sure you rephrase your question?
0: Well, I, I, I'm sure that uh, you're always coming up with a lot of solutions for uh, you know for new design issues that may come up, accessibility solutions, and then that uh, has some development component. Uh, is there uh, is there some uh, format that you use for? Uh, making sure that you uh, keep track of the solutions that you've come up with so that you can bring those uh, into other situations in the future?
1: Yeah, of course. So there we there are two major ways that we do that. We um, have a component library in which we try to Bake in accessibility into those components. So as we learn patterns and things that work, we'll bake those into the components, make them easier for designers and developers to use. And then, uh, in addition, um, we track uh, um, on an internal website kind of some of our our governance decisions and patterns that we've we've established uh, for reference. By our accessibility advisors,
0: well, there's uh, probably a, a lot of things that you've been uh, really satisfied with uh, with over the years. Uh, you know, looking forward, are there, are there any areas, uh, maybe not you know, specifically you know USAA, but uh, just generally that you see as uh, areas for accessibility practitioners to be you're paying attention to in, in the coming years, maybe areas that you feel uh, still need a lot more uh, effort?
1: Um, boy, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I I think that the technical problems will get solved For me, the thing that really is the difficult problem to solve is changing people's minds about accessibility and about disabilities. There's so much uh, bias and, and counter motivations to have to overcome. And I, I think that's, to me, that's the greatest challenge is to to get into people's, um, to tap into their motivations and help them to change their minds about accessibility, whether it be a business leader or a, um, uh, a developer or designer. Uh, I, I've been very fortunate in that um, Accessibility aligns very closely with USA's mission. And I, I have not uh, had a whole lot of pushback, um, although it, it happens. Um, but I, I've thought a lot about this. And um, I, I think of it in terms of a continuum for motivation. I call it the commitment compliance continuum. And on one side, and you want to tap into what drives people and try and move them along that continuum towards being committed to accessibility but somewhere along that line they're going to they're, they're doing accessibility for either because they're committed to it and they want to do it or because they're checking the box and they want to be compliant and and uh, and knowing what motivates people, I think, is is so important to being able to to get accessibility done, so that everyone is able to have an, an equal experience and the, the the accessible experience that they deserve. And sometimes that means pulling compliance kind of levers. Uh, sometimes that means uh pushing them to uh, be committed to accessibility, but they're going to be somewhere in between there. And um, hopefully, over time, uh, you can change people's minds and push them along from doing it because they have to to doing it because they want to. Um, And and I I think that would be the biggest biggest challenge is to um, Help people want to do accessibility because they want to help um, uh, help everyone, help uh, folks with disabilities, help themselves later in life when everyone gets a disability. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that's the that's the biggest challenge.
0: Well, uh, um, Jeremy, it's been uh... Great to have the opportunity to hear a little bit about your journey and how things are are going at your organization. So uh, thank you for taking the time to share your expertise in this area.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Joe Walensky, and as host of the Digital Accessibility Program, I like to keep the focus on our amazing guests. But I'm always excited about my role as Accessibility Director at Blink, the producer of this program, and I'd like to share that with you. Blink is the world's leader in evidence-driven design, and we work with a wide variety of clients. Founded in Seattle, we also have offices in Boston, New York, Austin, San Diego, and San Francisco. Our stated mission is to make technology human. Embracing inclusive design and accessibility brings all of us closer to that mission. We bring accessibility in every one of our projects. Our philosophy is that each of our practitioners should understand how accessibility applies to their own work. Accessibility is not a separate department or activity for us. Our researchers, designers, and developers all employ accessibility principles at every stage. If you have a need for research and design services, Blink is a partner with a full-time commitment to making your product or service accessible and a great experience for all of your customers. Some of the specific areas where we can help, using research to better understand the needs of your customers with disabilities, innovating to make sure your accessibility is the best in class design. We can move existing designs to development in a sprint. And maybe most importantly, we provide a turnkey transformation to an accessible site or app. Of course, compliance status is something that we always include as part of the service. If any of this is of interest, please get in touch with me directly at Joe at BlinkUX.com. That's J-O-E at B-L-I-N-K-U-X.com. Thank you. And please take a moment to rate our program in whatever app you use.